When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am so thrilled to introduce you to Jacqueline. She has a working career spanning over 33 years in marketing, sales, and operations. Uh, Many of those were in private industry, so real estate management, packaging, tourism, before joining Destination BC in 2006. She also has many years experience, over five years, being on the board of the American Marketing Association Chapter 4, British Columbia. So Jacqueline, such a thrill to have you here. It's a thrill for me to be here, and thank you so much for the invitation. So what I love about the show is that we've got like seasoned veterans, CMOs who listen to the show. We've got students. We've got professors. And, and everyone has such a different journey going into marketing and advertising. So your origin story, how you got to the place where you are today, I, I'd love to hear. I'd be happy to share that because it's probably like a lot of people. It wasn't, I never expected to be in marketing and it certainly wasn't a linear journey to get here. But basically what happened is when I graduated from university with a political science degree, and I know I'm not the only marketer out there that, that has that, I went to work in commercial real estate property management. And the company I was working for managed some uh, retail malls around the country. And in my role, I got to hear the executives talking about how they merchandise the stores in the mall. So how they chose which stores would be in the mall and where in the mall those stores would go. And those decisions were usually made based on the demographics of the people who lived around in concentric circles around, around these retail malls. And I just loved the conversation they were having about how they chose the retailers and where they would put the retailers and what that meant for the the demographic. And at the time, I didn't really realize that was marketing or an important part of marketing. So at a certain point, I got bored of real estate. I decided to go back and do a master's degree out at the, the University of British Columbia. So I did my MBA. And while I was doing my MBA, I decided I wanted to go into retail. And so when I graduated from school, I tried to get a job at some of the big American retailers that we would have known at the time, like Restoration Hardware, uh, you know, the Banana Republics of the world. And none of them were interested in hiring me, even though I was top of the class. And that was because there was still that perhaps old school thinking 
that, you know, if you hadn't worked on the shop floor, you really didn't understand retail. So I did what I think anybody should do in that situation is really think about what it was I wanted to do in retail and what other industries needed those same things. And so it's sort of tra a lateral transfer of like, if, if I can't go into retail, what else is there? And I realized that a lot of what I love to do, which really came down to creating experiences that people would enjoy being in and then ultimately they would end up spending money, um, worked in tourism. And so my first job out of university after getting my master's degree was to work for Grouse Mountain, which I know in Vancouver people think of it as a ski resort, but it's basically one of the top tourism attractions in the city. So that's how I cut my teeth in or getting into tourism. if you want to pitch Chip Wilson your business idea, you can find him on the Grouse Grind most mornings. Fun <laughs> fact about Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You would be surprised who you see on the Grouse Grind. But that's where I started. And I actually didn't go directly into marketing. I started out as the director of sales and guest services, which was a really great place to be because you're, you're directly interacting with consumers and understanding what they like and what they don't like and what their frustrations are. And I was doing that both with um, uh, what we call, in, in like, what, sorry, consumers as well as business to business relationships, because I also managed the catering sales department. I managed the team that works with tour operators. And um, so it was it was good. I learned a lot before I transitioned into marketing, the importance of hearing from uh, the customer directly what it was that was working and wasn't working. And uh, so it was a great place to start. And then from there, I had a, a, a role at the Great Little Box Company. Very small marketing budget, but it allowed me to do the craziest and most creative things, especially because it's a box company. I could yeah. use as much corrugated in my marketing activities as I wanted, and it was so, so much fun. What, what years were you there, there, Jacqueline? Uh, how many years? No, what years were you there? What years? I'm going to say that that must have been 2003 to 2006. Okay. Okay. And then I transitioned into a strategy role at Destination BC in March of 2006. Great Little Box Company donated large boxes, like one massive box to my high school in 1998, in 1999, to collect like clothes <laughs> and stuff to take to downtown East Van. So oh, Christine right. McGee was in my grad class. Oh, no way. Yeah, and I think she's like now taken over the company with her partner. I did not know that. Yeah. I perhaps when I was there, I was family owned, yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. that the gentleman that owned it would have long retired by now. But yeah, yeah. he taught me so much about managing people. Mm. Um, the interview process to get a job at Great Little Box Company was seven hours long. Wow! <laughs> um, it, because he truly believed that if you spent the time hiring right. Yeah. You ended up with people who were the right fit for the right job, and they stayed. And I would probably still be there if this amazing opportunity hadn't come up in tourism at Destination British Columbia. Okay. It was a fantastic place to work. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah. So, and, and your and then, first job there, yeah, in, in Destination BC, what was that? So at Destination BC, my first job uh, for the first half of my career there was as a marketing manager responsible for marketing strategy and executing campaigns um, in North America primarily. So outdoor adventure, skiing, 
wine campaigns, uh, general travel campaigns. And then I stepped into the director role about eight years ago now. And I have had so many different versions of my director role that it's hard to pin down any one thing other than at the base of it all, it's, there's always been a huge marketing strategy component. Yeah. Why are we doing what we're doing? What gaps are we trying to close? What opportunities are there that we should be going after? And then um, getting the teams together to uh, take advantage of those opportunities or, or fill the gaps. And um, I mean, if you live in British Columbia like I do, it's a pretty amazing thing to get to market to the world. Um, every day we go into the office and we're amazed by something else. It's not without its challenges, obviously, yeah. but yeah. Um, I've had many, many amazing opportunities there. And right now, my current role is as the director of global brand, while the uh, the director in the role is on mat leave. And so that's a whole other uh, door that's open for me. I haven't I hadn't done brand marketing much brand marketing until now and I'm loving it. I would say other than strategy and analytics, it's my favorite thing to do in marketing. Wow, that's amazing. And and in the role you do now and kind of the, the roles you've had there, you have chosen to volunteer. Five years ago, you, you mm -hmm. joined the board. Why? Why would you do that with your time? You could do so many other things, I know, with your time. You, you, and you know, you live in BC. You could go visit Langley to visit all the wineries out here. You could mm -hmm. go to so many uh, Gulf Islands, but you chose to volunteer. Tell me about that. I did. And thank you for asking me that question because I, I'm surprised that I said yes when the opportunity came my way. I'm not a natural volunteerer. I I love reading and doing my own thing. But I would say I volunteered for two reasons. And this is volunteering to be on the board of directors. I was called by somebody who I really respect. And her name is Trina Notman, and she's currently the vice president at Accent Inns and Hotel Z, so some well-known brands in British Columbia. And Hotel Z, by the way, that those that don't know, is probably one of the coolest hotels you can stay in. You get like I, a comic book, a pencil, like it they're, is. they're so yeah. fun. Everyone is fun. Yeah. Every everything they do is very delightful yes. and considered. And yeah. uh, so they have a property in Victoria, Kelowna and Tofino. Yeah. Yeah. And Trina phoned me and she's, and I've worked with Trina because of our connection through tourism for many years. And I really respect her and she's a very creative individual and super energetic. And I thought, I want to work with this person. Mm. So I think that would probably be, it, the call came from the right person. And I think the second reason is because I knew that I needed experience running an organization. From a leadership perspective, I wanted to gain the finance, the risk management, the HR, the operations. I had the marketing experience, but I didn't have all of those other things that you need as your career progresses and you become more senior in an organization. You need to have a working knowledge of all these other areas. So. What better way to get it than to take on a senior role on the board of directors? The BCAMA is a registered nonprofit society. So it has all the serious trappings of any organization. It might be small, but you have to do all the same things you do in a company of any size. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity. 
not to mention the fact that I would get to connect with some of the coolest marketers in British Columbia, be it on the agency side or on the client side. So I would say those would be my three reasons for deciding to volunteer. Wow, that is amazing. And, and those that have yet to maybe join one of these many acronyms that are available to them as a marketer, <laughs> advertiser, person in PR comms, tell me about why AMA and, and maybe mm -hmm. specifically BCMA. Uh, maybe it's similar to your counterpart in Toronto as well, the Toronto mm -hmm. AMA. It is. We are part of the larger organization, the AMA organization that's uh, headquartered in the United States. I think there's about 75 chapters around uh, North America. I think the reason I joined the AMA, well, there, there were two, and I was very deliberate about it. Um, the first thing is because I wanted people who were considering hiring me to know that I was serious about my profession. If you're a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or an accountant, you have a or a chiropractor, you have a, a professional association to be a part of. And in those cases, you have to be part of those organizations. Yeah. I wanted people who were reading my resume to know that I was learning constantly through the local chapter, that I took my profession seriously, that I had ongoing professional development, and that I was committed to being a marketer. And so it's been on my, believe it or not, it's been on my resume for over 20 years. I think I'm the longest standing AMA member in the, in the local chapter. I think I've been a member for something like over 20 years. I remember my first vision conference way, way back. So that would be the first reason. And the, the second reason was, so it was an, out, an outward expression of my commitment to my profession. And then the other reason would be over the years, the AMA chapter has, uh, the local AMA chapter has hosted a lot of really interesting events and had a lot of really interesting speakers, in particular local speakers. So yes, you can go online and you can hear people from around the world chatting, and I think that's really important as well. But I work in this market and I wanted to learn more about what was going on in this market and how people were operating in this market and the challenges that they were facing in British Columbia. And I don't think you'll get better local knowledge than you get through this chapter while also having access to international knowledge. So that would be the other reason. I've been a member for over 20 years. Wow, that is amazing. Um, yeah. and, and okay, one thing, I, okay, American Market Association, there's also stuff in for high school, or not high school, but university students oh. as well. Maybe tell us about that. That's right. So yeah. the way the AMA is structured is there are professional chapters. So once you're out in the workforce, and you can become a member and it's really not that expensive and then there are collegiate chapters now not every secondary um not every in uh, secondary institution has has a collegiate chapter but if they don't and you want to be a part of one you can start one up yourself um, I can't remember which ones locally have them now, but I know all of, even if, even if there isn't a local chapter at the schools, there's always a marketing group that you can join. And many of the professors and instructors at the secondary institutions are also part of the AMA because the third tier of the AMA is the academic side of it. So you get the students, you get the professionals, and you get the academics. And often when you have conferences, and webinars, all those three groups are coming together to learn. I mean, we're all learning. You know, Chat GPT is, you know, the latest big thing that we all need to understand. So we're all coming together 
in different ways at the same time to learn through the AMA about what's important that we need to know for our career. So if you're if you are a student and you don't have a chapter, consider starting one. I don't I don't know if you can cross pollinate and start and be in a chapter from another school or not. Um, but you could become, you can, as a student, you can join the professional chapter. So don't shy away from doing that either. It's amazing. And uh, for you, I want to talk about you've uh, retired as the president, El Presidente. You've become the past president. <laughs> and, and now, um, how do you spend your free time as a, as a marketer, as a professional? What, what do you like doing? Maybe you, you could even mention some of your, I know you can't say who your favorite destination BC members are, but maybe what are the, some of the things that you love doing uh, in your free time? Mm. Okay. Well, I wish I had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. uh, my job at the moment is very demanding. However, we all know that if you don't lead a balanced life, that your creativity and your energy will, uh, will leak away mm -hmm. slowly. So I definitely do try to um, enjoy the little free time I have. So I do travel. One of the reasons I love tourism, one of the reasons I am in tourism as a professionalist because I love travel. I know a lot of people say that. I love travel locally. locally. I love traveling internationally. So I would say a good part of my year is spent traveling. In fact, just to give you a, a good example, last Thursday, so a week ago, my husband and I decided we were going to go on a fast and furious road trip in the province. We drove 900 kilometers in two days so that I could see some of the secondary the beautiful secondary highways that I hadn't seen before. But I, I do a lot of international travel, spend a lot of time over in the Gulf Islands as well. The other thing that I do that's probably relevant to marketers is I read a lot. Mm. I read primarily nonfiction, but not just business books, but I do read a lot. And, um, I, and then the other thing I do is I listen to podcasts. So I'm so delighted to be on this one because this is something that... This is going to sound maybe a little bit exaggerated, but I, I really think podcasts saved my life. And what I mean by that is I went through a tough time. I was, um, I'll, say, I'll say probably borderline depressed. Yep. And the moment I started listening to podcasts on my way home from work every day, it just changed how I felt. I just felt stimulated again. I felt happier. I was learning. I was learning while I was doing other things, like habit stacking, they call it, right? I have to walk home anyway, so I might as well do something. I, it was profound, the difference mm -hmm. podcasts made in terms of how happy I was. So I'm a big fan of what you're doing, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. My wife just introduced me to a couple shows. We were on a road trip this past week to Princeton. Uh, Radio Lab. Radio Lab, some of the most beautiful editing and research, and it, they're just such an incredible show, what people, you know, labors of love. So when were you in Princeton? I was in Princeton on Sunday morning. <laughs> I was there Sunday morning. Yeah, we left actually. Yeah, the, that very morning got to Princeton and we were staying at Rockridge Canyon, which is like mm. a they have like a family camp uh, venue up there. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was really lovely, hot and dry, blue skies in yeah. Princeton on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. No, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, for you, what you're able to see from your perspective, like you get a market VC to the world. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, maybe the, the trends that you're following or things that you're seeing kind of when it comes to marketing and kind of even changes over the years that you've uh, been in this industry? Oh, my goodness. Changes over the years. Well, I think as marketers, everything changes all the time. There's always something new that you have to consider. And, of course, the latest thing is how to think about chat GPT, what role it plays in what you do, whether it's writing or creating creative. And if you do decide to use it, which we all are, how do you acknowledge that you're using it in an authentic way? So I think that's, I think being a marketer can be exhausting sometimes because there is always something new. And the other thing that we're keeping our eye on, um, which is probably the wrong phrase, the, the other thing that we're paying very serious attention to from a learning perspective as well as a marketing perspective is diversity, equity, and inclusion, and accessibility, which is really important from a tourism perspective. So if as an organization, it's not a priority in in your organization, then it's probably time to have some important conversations with the senior team in terms of your the outward expression of your brand and how you do that authentically. And then, of course, Darian, this will come as no surprise to you, but something that's really important to all Canadians and in a tourism perspective, particularly, is the importance of Indigenous reconciliation. We, we live it out here in British Columbia every day, but as you know, it's not as prevalent in other parts of the country. And it, it's everything from just the respectful acknowledgement of the land that you're on and that you work and play and, and live on, but also how to authentically and respectively include Indigenous perspectives in the work that we do. Because our brand at, at Destination BC is really built on, the, on nature, it's probably easier. It's not easy, but it's easier for us to incorporate some of those Indigenous perspectives because respect for the land is such an important part of Indigenous culture. So I would say that that's sort of the third thing that's really that I'm keeping my eye on and trying very hard to do the right thing and to learn and to know that most often we're in a safe space when we make mistakes, um, acknowledge them, learn from them and and move on. And then the fourth thing that I'm keeping my eye on, which is probably going to sound strange, is how to be more interesting as an individual. We get so caught up in what we do and the hours it takes to do our job and email and Slack and instant. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to lose touch with the learning side of what keeps me excited about being a marketer. So I came across something. I was reading a book on purpose recently, um, not just brand purpose, but organizational purpose. And the gentleman writing the book referenced a fellow who has a whole lecture, a, a whole lecture on how to be interesting. And it sounds really strange, but it, it's, as, it's as simple as in, in marketing where you need to be able to express yourself and give feedback a certain way. It can be difficult. It can be difficult to learn how to give feedback on creative. So one of the exercises he has is every month or every week, 
take a piece of art, take a piece of music, take a piece of writing, and actually give critical feedback on it. And that's really teaching me how to explain myself better in meetings with the agency, which as marketers we're doing all the time, when, when they present us with something, how do you fairly, authentically, and critically give feedback to move the project in the right direction? Because as much as I love words and I talk a lot and I, I'm good at words, I'm not always good at creative feedback. So this whole idea around how to be more interesting and following his advice and coming across that particular piece of advice, I just I just really loved because mm. our car has a problem and my husband was asking me, well, explain to me what it is. What are you feeling? And I'm like, I have the words for this because I've been practicing. That is amazing. That yeah. is amazing. And for your role and what you get to do, any particular like books that you'd recommend specifically? Any books that you're like, man, you got to check this one out, or you know, favorite books that you've been uh, top of your your list or top of your pile that you'd reread? Yes, rereading. I rarely do it, but I do have a few books that I love so much. I'm on one of them for the third time, and uh, the another one for the second time. So a few books that I've really loved. Um, I've read some of these in the last few weeks. I've read some in the last few years. One of them is Creativity, Inc. by Ed Catmull and Amy Wallace. Ed Catmull is one of the founders of Pixar. And this is a book about creativity, but it's also a book about managing creative teams. So as marketers, we're all managing creative teams or creative people. So I found that very helpful. Uh, the other book, uh, the other two books that I've read recently that I found very helpful from a brand perspective were The Brand Gap and Zag by Marty Neumeier. So if you're uh, deep into brand stuff, I recommend those very quick reads. And then the last one, and this is more a book about that I really enjoyed. I'm reading it for the third time. How to How to Be a Better Professional is a book called The Power of Full Engagement by mm. Jim Lore and Tony Schwartz. Yeah. This particular book teaches you really how to manage your energy in order to be a high performer. And it has lots of examples of people who were challenged by certain problems and what they did to figure out what the challenges were and what they did to adjust them. So everything from somebody might have need more exercise in their day or somebody wasn't eating properly or somebody wasn't taking break. I mean, we most of us don't take breaks right now. And the importance of mental the importance of mental breaks throughout the day. So the power of full engagement really taught me some what I'm going to say, basic professional skills to be a high performer. So those would be three that come to mind, or I guess four that come to mind quickly. It's amazing. Now, I know you can't say who your favorite child is in life, but could you share maybe just like one or two highlights of destinations in BC that people who are listening to the show who aren't from BC should come out and visit and see? Well, that is a tricky question for somebody in my role. Yes. British Columbia is huge, yes. and so uh, depending on the kind of commitment you want to make to see the province, yeah. uh, because obviously it takes longer to get to the north and travel around the northern part of the province than it does in the south, but I would say for me personally, if I ignore what I do for a living, I love the ocean and I love the alpine. Mm -hmm. So. 
Anywhere along the West Coast, I'm going to be pretty happy. Right now, I'm really enjoying spending time in the Gulf Islands yeah. and kayaking and paddle boarding in the safe waters of the Gulf Islands. And um, I've also done bear watching up on northern Vancouver Island, hiked at Cape, uh, Cape Scott. So uh, I think we our coast has a lot to offer regardless of the level of adventure that you want. And the other place I like to spend my time is the Alpine and the subalpine. So if I can get a gondola, like at Whistler, where you take the gondola up and then you can do hiking from up there, I just love that. Um, and there, of course, there's lots of places between here and the Rockies that you can, that are easily accessible hikes. Um, if you can get into the Alpine easily, then you can spend more time up there and not be exhausted. But obviously, uh, the way up into the Alpine is is uh, just as beautiful. But I love being in the sky, basically. And we do live in the Sea to Sky province. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very lucky to live here because those are my two favorite things from a travel perspective. It's amazing. Okay, I got to ask this. So um, one of my favorite things to watch as a family, I've got four little kids is Amazing Race. And Amazing Race Canada recently was in BC. They went to the Scandinavian Spa um, and they went to the Squamish Cultural Center. Are you involved in that? Does Destination BC get involved in like helping them pick the places to go or is that someone else's doing? There is a team at yes. Destination BC, and there are teams in all of the cities, like Tourism Whistler would have yeah. a team that does what we call travel media. Yeah. And those folks work very closely with the television producers okay. to pick the right locations to go yes. to based on the needs of the show. Yeah. And The Amazing Race loves coming to British Columbia because the travel media teams, whether it's in our office or in the different cities and communities around BC, they're so helpful and they're so good at helping these production teams do what is a very difficult job. So I I don't want to say that we, we tell them where they should go, but we definitely help them bring their objectives to life by making suggestions. Yeah, that is amazing. It was so fun to see. I was like, oh, Skinny Spa, I love that place. <laughs> the Squamish Cultural Center, they did like a whole language piece there. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, and, and micro lesson for today. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one today. So um, I've been learning Michif, which is the Métis uh, language. Um, mm -hmm. And so you can say uh, Marci, which means thank you. So mm -hmm. it's a kind of this nice mix. So there's your, there's your language learning moment of the day. So. Thank you. Yeah. Now, here's my question for you, Darian. Yeah, yeah. As a settler, yeah. a non-Indigenous person, is it appropriate for me to use that word and in what circumstances? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's really cool to celebrate uh, language and celebrate um, the preservation of language. And so mm -hmm. I think being able to uh, acknowledge that you're learning it and you're celebrating mm -hmm. and you're acknowledging all these amazing languages. I think there's a lot of languages that get pretty mainstream, so we use... Um, French and Spanish and you know, mm -hmm. other terms all the time. And so to get to include some First Nations, Inuit, Métis languages in your kind of everydayness, I think it's pretty awesome. And I think it's wonderful. a cool way to like give a little hat tip or a little shout out to some, uh, some cool folks around this world. I would love to be able to do that. I, I think we're all familiar that when you go to Hawaii, it's entirely acceptable to say certain Hawaiian words. And I do think it would be lovely if we get to the, the place in this country where as you transition through the the land and the different nations that live all across the country that you understand the welcome words 
and understand the appropriate times to use those. So um, Marcy for sharing that with me, Darian. I will definitely make time to use that with my team in the coming weeks. That's cool. Yeah, I've been seeing um, in Alberta, there's actually a place, they have a destination now called Métis Crossing, which is a really mm. cool um, Métis experience. So there's like actual bison and you can make a capote jacket. And like it's so many cool things there. So it's so neat um, to see places like the Squamish Cultural Center and others um, doing really well across the country. There are some extraordinary indigenous experiences throughout the country that aren't necessarily meant as, they're not just there for a tourism perspective, they're yeah. there to be enjoyed by everybody. And um, on the West Coast in particular, well, in British Columbia in particular, we, as you know, we have over 200 nations. You can imagine um, the complexity and diversity of indigenous ex experiences that people can have here. So I hope people do keep an open mind and an open heart and explore that part of our that part of our history, which isn't always comfortable, as you know, mm -hmm. but it's an important part of who we have become as a nation. For sure. Um, are you ready for the rapid fire round here? I sure am. All right, Jack. What was your first ever job? I was a dental assistant, which I know sounds crazy, but my mom worked in a dental office and I would go there at the end of the day and work for an hour and help her and the dentist. That is awesome. Uh, night owl or early bird? I am an early bird. All right. Cat or dog person? I'm an animal person. Right yeah. now I cohabitate with two cats. Nice. Uh, what was the first thing that you ever had to market? The first thing, I can't believe I've forgotten this. The first thing I ever had to market would be, okay, pass. pass. Okay, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, dark or milk chocolate? Dark. Favorite word right now? Enchanted, enchanting, enchantment. I like it. I like that a lot. Um, what was the last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Mm-hmm. I support uh, charities that do wildlife preservation, and there is one on Salt Spring Island. I'm probably going to get its name wrong. Uh, the Island Wildlife yeah. Natural Care Center on Salt Spring. And I've supported them because we had a couple of, um, what do you call them, orphaned seal pups. Uh, near our home on one of the islands and we needed to call them and they did a terrific job of saving those little creatures. Oh, that is amazing. That is amazing. Um, what is a movie that you, you love, you could watch over and over again? Pride and Prejudice, the English, ver the English version from about 20 years ago. That is amazing. Um, favorite song or album on repeat right now? Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Nice. Um, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing with your life? I wanted to become an archaeologist yeah. at one point in my life, and I also love the brain sciences. And then the other crazy thing that I, I love, even though I have absolutely no experience, is choreographing musicals. Yeah. That's awesome. This is great. Well, you can, yeah, you can do it. It's, you know, it's a... What would you do? You can, you can make this up. Perfect. Yeah. No, oh. I, uh, I used to pretend, I used to have pennies on a table and I used to choreograph them to music. I, I love music and I love choreography, but I don't know how to dance. So I don't know where that comes from. Oh, that's very cool. Um, app on your phone you can't live without. Shazam. Nice. <laughs> uh, favorite children's book? 
I used to love Enid Blyton's Famous Five series. So it's okay. a bit like the British version of Nancy Drew. Okay. Oh, that's very cool. Um, best thing you ever bought for under $10? A yellow baseball cap with a smiley face on it, and I got it on consignment at Front and Company on Main Street. Love it. Uh, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? This wasn't on your list. No. <laughs> the most important thing I ever changed my life about. Or your, your mind about. We can skip this one, though. I'm sorry it wasn't mm -hmm. on the list. That's my bad. We can skip this one. And it's a pretty <laughs> serious question. It's a good question. I know. But I got I got to add love that this to it. Sorry. Yeah, we can come back to it. We can question. come back to it if you yeah. want. You can let your brain noodle while we go on. Yeah. Um, podcast that you'd recommend? Podcast. My favorite podcast, other than this one, are How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Yep. It's a terrific podcast. I think he's almost at 900, and I've listened to about 200 of them. And the other one I love because I love brain sciences is Hidden Brain. Mm, that is amazing. Very cool. Um, Newsletter or website you recommend uh, for resources inspiration? I am a big fan of Fast Company. I always yes. have. Uh, yep. The magazine, the website, because they look at all industries yep. and the creativity that you see across all industries. And I really do believe it doesn't, doesn't matter what industry you're in, you always have something to learn from what other people are doing elsewhere. And the other one is called, it's The, Mar the Marginalian, um, yep. M-A-R- G-I-N-L-A-I-N. And it's a woman who has basically read all the most important books that have ever been written in English. And she summarizes them. I think this particular website is so important. It's now part of the Smithsonian. It's, uh, and anyway, I just, it's brain candy. For anybody who loves reading, it's, it's absolute brain candy and oftentimes very inspiring. It's amazing. Um, do you, have you heard of The Brief by Connor at Junction? made right here no. in Vancouver. So there is a, it's actually, there's only a few, I can admit, I don't mind admitting this, there's like three newsletters I actually read every week. So Todd Maffin um, puts out an amazing one, uh, just kind of the roundup of what's happening in digital marketing. Amber Mack has a great one just on like digital AI, all that stuff. And then Connor, who's in Vancouver, has one called The Brief with a specialty in tourism. So it's kind of oh, like what's happening in marketing with a tourism slant. So, and I can't believe I don't know about it. And now you know, yeah, now you know, yeah, yeah. It's called The Brief. Yeah, I think they won. They've just won some big award for one having one of the top podcasts or, or e-newsletters out there. In the That's market. terrific and a local. That's yeah, nice. and, a, and a local. Yeah, right in the backyard. Yeah, wonderful. Um, what is a life hack you'd be willing to share? I am all about hacking, yes. and I would. Okay. Say, I've got a few, and I'm going to rhyme them off really quickly here. Yeah. I yeah. did not know that you could reheat poached eggs, so oh. for me, that's just an amazing protein snack. So you cook them. Yeah. I cook like twelve at once, and then I can have them whenever I want. You just I have to pour boiling eggs. water on them for that's one minute. Genius, Jacqueline. Okay, yeah, done. It I'm is done. genius. So Thank you cook you. them, you store them, and then literally, it it takes a minute for them to heat up in a, a, just a cup of boiling water. The other thing that I would say is if I'm troubled by something, if I've got a question on my mind that I can't seem to answer, I will ask myself that question before I go to bed yeah. and then I go to sleep and oftentimes my mind will work on it in the night and when I wake up in the morning, I'll have a sense of what the answer is or what the, what the thing is that I need to do. Yeah. And I'm also a big fan of podcasts, as you know, so I do a morning, I'm an early riser, I do a morning walk every morning and I listen to a podcast while I'm walking and that just gets my day off to the perfect start. 
That is very, very cool. That's some good life hacks. I love that. Hmm. Um, when you look to hire new um, employees in your organization, uh, and we got a lot of students who listen to this or people that want to like, you know, job shift or you know, upskill, what are the skills that they should be focusing on uh, to get a job in marketing? Yeah, that I've just been through some hiring. So I've been thinking mm -hmm. about this a lot. And I would say the, the things that I look for, and they are more or less important in different kinds of roles, but yeah. I look for adaptability to change. Okay. Probably people are a lot more adaptable now than they were before the pandemic because we all had to figure out a lot of new stuff during the last few years. Yeah. I look for folks who are collaborative. But what that means to me is is working well with other people, but knowing who to work with. Collaboration doesn't mean over-collaboration. It means a willingness to work with other people, but know the right people to work with at the right time. Listening is obviously an important one, and you can tell through the interview process who are listeners and who aren't. Mm. Strategic, and that's uh, not not just about asking questions, but also about asking good questions. Mm. Decisive is one, uh, something that I also look for. I've, I'm often surprised at how many people are uncomfortable making decisions. Mm. And I think it's a really important skill to become comfortable with. Yeah. Enthusiasm. And enthusiasm can show up in all sorts of ways. You don't have to be an extrovert to be enthusiastic. And then last but not least, because we're marketers, I am looking for people who are creative. And I don't think creativity means the thing that everybody thinks it does. We are all creative. Even though I have trouble you know, reacting to creative, it doesn't mean I'm not creative. I can be a creative writer. I can be a creative thinker. It's not just about, you know, painting or you know artistry that makes you creative so uh, just understanding people's creativity i think is something i want to do through the interview process as well it's amazing uh, jacqueline where can people find you online where do you hang out on the uh, internets where do i hang out well i'm on linkedin yeah i am also on instagram at jack b nimble j-a-c-q-b-e nimble jack b yep. nimble yep and honestly, that's about it. Just given the time I have in my life, I try not to let social media drain what precious spare time I have away. Yeah, that is incredible. Um, anything else you want to leave with listeners? Would, uh... I think the thing that I'm thinking about a lot lately is life balance. You can't be happy in your job if you're not happy in the rest of your life, and you won't be happy in the rest of your life if you're not happy in your job. We all work too hard right now, so whether it's at school or whether you're a professional, it's finding those things that you really love to do and making time to do them because it will pay dividends in terms of your well-being. Hmm. That's amazing. That's incredible. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here today, sharing about Destination BC. We've uh, learned about a few beautiful spots in this beautiful province and uh, the joys and perks and benefits of getting involved in AMA, maybe your local collegiate chapter or provincial chapter. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was delightful to be here. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada. We'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. 
All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio. Thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.